0: Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So I've always seen articles and, and videos uh, out there talking about how silver and gold will respond to the next stock market crash. And obviously, there's a lot of different opinions out there. But I, I can say that there is a large amount of people that fall into one of two camps. Either A, they say that when the stock market goes down, silver and gold will almost immediately Skyrocket as if they operate on some sort of an inverse basis. If the stock market goes down, silver and gold will go up. It's as simple as that. Then there's another camp that says eh, silver and gold could drop initially, like they did back in 2008. You can kind of see this on this chart here, and then they'll go back up again. And, and there's, again, there's plenty of other opinions out there, but me personally, I'd put myself in kind of a third camp. Third camp, it's saying that honestly, I don't know. I don't know for sure. However, I do want to share some things with you, give you guys some things to think about in this video today. And if anything, I think you guys will will find that. I'm probably closer to that second camp, uh, acknowledging that silver and gold very well could drop initially during a stock market crash, like we saw back in 2008. But that's not the full story. Also, if there's one big thing to take away from this video today, it's that well, the stock market and precious metals do not operate on an inverse basis. And if the stock market c- crashes by, I don't know, 50% in the next week or the next month, that doesn't mean silver and gold will have to go higher. Okay, And if silver and gold do go higher eventually... It's not going to be because of the stock market crash alone. It's going to be because of some of the side effects of that, as well as you know what caused the stock market crash in the first place. Okay, the stock market crash is simply a symptom. Okay, and it's also the treatment for that stock market crash that will affect the silver gold prices. So I'll explain what I, what I mean by that in this video today. So right here, you're looking at a chart. Uh, the red line here is the S okay? and P five hundred, the S P X. Okay, then this orangish goldish line is gold. Is silvery gray line is silver okay so this is what i'm talking about back in 2007 and of 2007 when the stock market started to drop and then really crashed in 2008 as a financial crisis was kind of upon us you saw silver and gold actually crash right along with it. i mean we saw silver top out you know where was this i think it was it was like around 14 or something uh, back in two thousand seven, but then by the end of two thousand eight, it was actually I think under what under ten dollars I believe. Okay, that was a significant drop in uh, in silver prices in that period of time, and it happened alongside a stock market crash. And, and as you can see, gold went down as well. And then later on, silver and gold and the stock market all kind of went up again. Okay, so kind of an interesting. Uh, uh dynamic there and, and this is not necessarily what you'll hear from a lot of people or at least people will say that like they, they'll act as if you know just because the stock market went down silver and gold are automatically going to go up immediately and and certainly silver and gold and the stock market couldn't all go up at the same time could they well you yeah, know as we can see from this chart yeah they, they bounce off of their lows or the s p 500 at least it's the lows back in uh the spring of, of 2000 winter spring of 2009 and all three of them went back up now the reason personally i believe silver and gold went up was not because the stock market crashed it's how the world and how the u.s government the federal reserve responded to the stock market crash as well as how they responded to kind of why the stock market crashed in the first place Okay. Well, why did the stock market crash in the first place? Uh, well, we had a subprime bubble. We we had basically a credit bubble. Okay. That popped. We also had an economy that was doing very, very poorly. Okay. We were in a recession. It was the great recession. Okay. And so what happened is you had the US government respond by doing all these crazy bailouts, to all these corporations and financial institutions. I mean, I'm just Billions and billions of dollars of bailouts and spending. And then the Fed, their response was, well, we're going to monetize a lot of that debt that the U.S. government just took on, i.e., we're going to buy up a bunch of assets. We're going to start quantitative easing, print money, basically. And we're also going to lower interest rates to essentially 0%, barely above 0%. That Okay, is what I mean when I say that silver and gold Back in 2008 and i believe in the next crash they went up and i believe will go up because of their response to the stock market crash not because of the stock market crash itself same thing goes for the economy it's not necessarily just the economic crash it's the response to the economic crash as well uh that's not the whole story here though there, there's a second half to this as well that I want to get to here in a second, but I, I want to drive this point home. It's the response that matters, okay? So I have two charts here. Uh, what this is is you have the S&P right here in red. You have gold here in this orange gold color, and then black is the Fed funds rate, okay? It's their, their interest rate. So basically, uh, w- what you can see here is you know following the, the dot-com bubble, which is... is off this chart to the left, you can see, you know, as the economy strengthens, recovers, you see the Fed for for a long time. Here's Alan Greenspan, and then Ben Bernanke later on, raise their interest rate, which tightens monetary policy, right? Tightens the financial markets. Uh, but you know, the, in their theory, at least, it's something you need to do to prevent a runaway bubble. They're not necessarily wrong, except, uh, well, the bubble had already existed. They, they were way behind the curve. They were way way behind on this one. Anyways, they raised it really high. This bubble was already here. They popped the bubble because they raised them well too much too fast because the bubble had already formed in in things like the subprime market. And then while the economy takes a hit, the stock market takes a hit, and they lower their interest rates as the stock market goes down, as the economy tanks. Right? And and that's a topic for another video. Why did they lower interest rates? But it's something to to um I guess ease monetary conditions for the economy for the stock market et etc to to try and help them out to throw them a lifeline, not unlike the bailout package right and the various bailout packages and and, and other assistance that was given to uh corporations, financial institutions, etc okay now this is important because. What you see here is that as they're lowered and as they're kept down for a long period of time, yes, the stock market goes up in response to that. But also, you see gold go up as well. Now, you see golds going up before as well. I mean, the the maybe I could add silver to this as well. Silver was performing well in this period as well. Uh, you s- basically, you know, the, b- prior to the Great Recession, silver and gold had a a period there where they did very well, and then you see them drop off, and then you kind of pick, see them pick them up, pick up. Where they left off here. But this is important. These close to 0% interest rates are important for this rise in gold. It wasn't the stock market crash alone. Again, it played into it. I'll get into that here in a second. But it was the Fed lowering their interest rates. It was the government spending all this money um, that caused gold to go up. Now, eventually, though, you see them keep it down, down, down. But then later on, you see silver, or you see gold drop. Now, you know, I should mention that, you know, I'm not really talking about this in the terms of, of manipulated markets right now in this video today because, well, I don't know. Sometimes it's like we can't even really have a meaningful discussion on silver and gold if all we're going to say is it's just pure manipulation. Okay. With that being said, yeah, absolutely acknowledge it and I believe it still exists and existed during this period of time here. But you saw silver and gold go up. Uh, there's you know a variety of things going on here. You you also saw silver gold go up, I think, as a hedge, and it wasn't just dollar weakness. It wasn't just the, the Fed and their response. There there was dollar weakness, um, sure, but there was also uh, the threat of a total economic collapse. There was uh, Europe's and, and their issues, kind of ongoing issues here. Uh, but then, as we go on into 2013, 2014, 2015, you see gold drop a ton, okay? And then eventually the Fed starts raising interest rates. But during this period of time, I think another important thing to keep in mind would be, uh, well, something you can see on this chart. I mean, the Fed's response was not just interest rates. As I said, they also bought a ton of bonds, uh, well, a ton of assets, bonds and mortgage-backed securities through quantitative easing. And and this chart right here shows that pretty nicely. This is actually from uh, the Fed, St. Louis Fed. And so what you can see here is in the crisis time, they they buy up a ton of these assets. QE1, QE2 right here. They're buying a bunch of assets. They stabilize. And then QE3, which ends in 2014-ish, okay? So they buy up all these assets in three different batches, QE1, 2, 3, okay? So that's an important thing to keep in mind as well. You start to see gold really uh, drop off, I guess, later on. As this QE starts to go away and also the threat of a another imminent collapse, whether it's in Europe or the United States, also goes away as well. So you see that hedge uh, attractiveness of gold as a hedge go away as well. So, again, this is the Fed's response to the stock market crash, right? It wasn't the stock market crash alone that we saw that, that caused silver and gold to go up alone right and i could put the dollar index on here as well it might just kind of complicate things but this is an important thing to keep in mind as well and this is a big part of why i believe that in the next crash the next economic downturn the feds going to respond like they did before it's just going to be even more drastic right more quantitative easing lowering interest rates to zero percent or even below that which is not unheard of or um or i should say additionally Uh, Things like helicopter money, right? Bringing money straight to the masses, right? Uh, Those types of policies, it's going to be those policies that are going to be a big part of silver and gold going higher. I mean, I've talked for a while now that the next big catalyst in silver and gold, I believe, is going to be the Fed loosening their monetary policy, easing conditions in response to some sort of a crash, a crisis, I don't know what it will be. But that's what I see as the next big catalyst, okay? Now, with that being said, This isn't the whole story here, and I'm not gonna be able to give you the entire story in this video today, but there's another big piece that I also wanna talk about specific to silver, okay? So you see silver go up really high here up to like around $50 actually in April of 2011, and of course it's been kinda going down since then, but you see a huge run up, and this is more than just the dollar doing poorly. The same thing goes for gold, it's more than just a dollar doing poorly. It's more than just the Fed printing money and lowering interest rates. There's also silver and gold in their role as a hedge, as, well, an alternative investment, an alternative asset to hold, okay? So basically, back in 2008, you had a lot of investors in the real estate market, obviously. It was in a bubble, right? And it was, in many people's heads, in a bubble that would never end. It, this could go on forever, okay? You have this huge bubble here. It popped, right? And then, of course, right here, I'm showing you the stock market bubble, not necessarily real real estate, but but the, the stock market was in a bit of a bubble as well, and it popped as well, and it went down. Same thing goes for stock market investors, right? This bubble was never going to end, and then all of a sudden it popped, okay? Well, what you saw in response to that was a large amount of investment into silver and gold. So what you're looking at right here is actually the 2013 World Silver Survey from Thomson Reuters, GFMS, and the Silver Institute, okay? And, and the reason I shows 2013, I mean, we have 2018 over here, which we'll look at here in a second, but 2013 shows demand going back to the early-ish, to mid, you know, mid-2000s, mid okay, and supply as well. And what I want to focus on is uh, coin and metal demand for silver, okay, during this period of time, right here, Okay. So maybe I can zoom in for you guys. Wow, look at that. All right. So you have coin and metal demand right here, and I've already lost the years. All right. 2007, okay, 2006. As we're leading up to the crisis, you see coin and metal demand kind of hovering around 40 million ounces a year, okay? This is investment demand. Um, I would I would assume that this would also be just bars and whatnot. I don't know how... How many people bought bars? But anyways, uh, 40 million ounces right here. 2008, it jumps to 65 million ounces. 2009, 78 million plus. Over 65, over 78 million. 2010, almost 100 million ounces. Okay, 2011, almost 120 million ounces. And then 2012, it comes back down a bit, especially as as the price starts to go down. And then, you know, this is another chart here. This is from 2018. Uh, All right. All right, uh, let's see here. Coin and bar demand, okay? And, and these numbers are not going to fit perfectly with the ones I showed you before because I think uh, the the ones before are coins and metals, and this is coins and bars, okay? So they, they basically changed their criteria a bit. But uh, 2008, a huge almost 200 million ounces. in 2009 dropped off a bit just like it did just like we saw before. Uh, but then in 2010, it starts this, this move back up again, 150 over 150, over 200, um, almost 160, over 240, uh, uh, over 230 million ounces in 2014, and then 2015 over 290 million ounces. Kind of its peak for the time being. Okay, this is huge. I mean, this is uh, for for post 2000 era. This was a lot of silver. This was unprecedented in in terms of of the investment demand for silver and gold after the recession. People saw it as a Hedge, and so they bought a lot of it. Okay, and that's kind of the second piece of this. I think, is that it's not just the Fed and the government and their response to the stock market crash. Okay, it's also the hedge. You know, why are people buying silver and gold? Well, because I think in two thousand eight, the Great Recession, as well as as what went on in Europe during that time and, and after that time, and, and and also what we saw after the Great Recession in terms of government spending, government debt. Uh, quantitative easing, etc. people were worried about a lot of things. They were worried about the stock market, sure, real estate market, right? Because those things were no longer invincible, although people are kind of being lulled back into that false sense of security again today, I think. But also they were worried about, hey, what's the future of the dollar? What's the future of the economy? I'm out of work, or, or at least a lot of people I know are, are out of work. I don't know how many people would have had the means to buy silver and gold in, in large quantities if they if they were... Uh, unemployed during that period of time, unless they had you know, a lot of savings or something. Um, but yeah, people got worried, right? What's the future of our currency? What's the future of our government, etc. You, you had, I think, a lot of people on the right kind of upset that that they had a a leftist in office. What's this guy going to do to the country? Where is he running things? And and I think that sparked uh, some fear as well. And and all of a sudden that maybe they have their guy in office now. They're they're not worried about the economy of the world anymore. I, I'm serious. It, the Trump effect is real on, on silver and gold and demand, I believe. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I don't have any hard data to back that up. But I think that's definitely a role. People thinking that now that we don't have this leftist in office and that, that we have this, this other guy in office, this Trump guy, that everything's fixed. Uh, well, not necessarily. Um, a lot of things are not fixed. And and you know the, the, the crash is, is still gonna happen, I'm sure. It's not necessarily all gonna be Trump's fault, but it I don't think he can fix all these problems overnight. I don't think he can fix them, period. Um, that's just my take on it. But uh coin and bar demand, as you can see here, went really high because of people's fear, because of they wanted to hedge, etc. Um, and you also see it in this chart over here. This is identifiable above-ground silver inventories, okay? This is not including the silver and gold that people like you and I buy and sort our houses because nobody's really keeping track of that. They're only keeping track of the initial demand, right? But you can see identifiable above-ground inventory since 2008, okay? So you have uh, custodian vaults, which is actually this chart over here as well. Custodian vaults, you have ETPs, things like SLV, which we don't know for sure if that silver is is actually there. Back in things like SLV and stuff, I, I'm doubtful. We we don't know. We just don't know. We don't necessarily know things about the custodian faults either. But I I personally have a little bit more faith in them. Um, and then exchanges, governments, which actually own very little silver today in the industry. But basically, you see these inventories go go up and up and up. You know, and for the most part, with the exception of you know that, that little orange and that little tiny purple silver at the top. Zoom in a bit here for you. All this is basically investment demand, right? Investment ne- demand that's not necessarily being measured in the coin and bar demand. Maybe some of it is. You know, some of this is going to be coins and bars. Sure. Well, I'm sure the custodian vaults or all of it's going to be coins and bars. I don't know how much of it's, you know, measured in in this demand piece. Maybe all of it is. But basically, the the idea here is that never mind what just you and I are stacking, but also you can see it in other forms as well in, in the custodian vaults, backing in things like SLV. Basically, this signifies a huge amount of demand for silver. Again, why? Well, as a hedge, as a speculative investment, either way, you see a lot of people going into it in the post-2008 environment. Now, to give you guys a little bit more of the story, 2017, 2018, the demand's dropped off a bit. By I mean, a lot, actually. It's dropped off quite a bit in terms of, of things like American Silver Eagles and, and just coin demand in general. Now it has picked up kind of as of late with these very low prices, especially for silver, but it's still subdued compared to say 2015, that record year that I showed you. Okay. But I hope this video has been helpful to you guys. I mean, again, the big takeaway here is when the stock market crashes, it's not the stock market crash alone that is going to spark a rally in precious metals. Okay. I think of Three major things, honestly. A, as I discussed, it's going to be the response to this market stock market crash, the economic crash, that will send them higher. I'm talking quantitative easing, money printing, government spending, lower interest rates. Okay. B, you're going to have people moving into silver and gold as a hedge, Okay, as a safe haven asset, whatever you want to call it. Just like they did post-2008, I think you'll see that again. I don't know for sure. I don't, but um, I, think, I think many people will, especially given how, how cheap they are right now and, and how potentially cheap they could be uh, in, in, in the future during you know, this time of a crash, especially if they crash with the stock market over the short term, okay? And C, the final thing, and I haven't discussed this a ton in this video specifically, the final thing we have to think about is the paper nature of our system. And the fact that our system is based on derivatives uh, and, and debt and, and a lot of paper and, and all that. Same thing goes for the silver and gold markets. They're paper markets with a very little physical component to it. Okay, it's unfortunate, but it's kind of the reality we live in. Okay? It's, it's the reason that that silver and gold can be held down so low for so long. Okay, and so you know, and, and if this crash is bad enough, you know, the whole derivative system, the whole idea of of these huge paper markets. Uh, that could kind of go out the window, right? Investor psychology, because it's just gotten too out of hand, too out of control. I, either way, it could they, they could completely lose control of the quote-unquote paper markets and the physical market could kind of step in. Now, I'm not saying that default to the COMEX. Maybe that's what it could take shape of. I don't know for sure. But the potential absolutely exists when you have a system that is just over leveraged and 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 more based on the paper and digital than it is in the physical uh maybe that can work for the bond markets for the stock markets for for the time being especially something like bonds or or currency markets because those are much much more paper-based than even stocks are Uh, but silver and gold i i i don't think that that can just continue indefinitely so those are the three big things that i'm looking at you know i'd love to hear your thoughts this video down below in the comment section i hope this has given you a lot of i guess food for thought here Certainly, if you enjoy this video, if you enjoy my work, you can. You know, there's a variety of ways to support me. You can comment on this video. You can like this video. You can subscribe to my channel. I appreciate all those things a ton. If you're a long-time viewer and you want to find another way to support me, there's a link below in the description to my Patreon page. You can support me on a monthly basis for as little as a dollar a month, which really is not that much. But I mean, maybe it is for you. I don't know. Maybe candy bar a month. You know, here in the states. Uh, but but you know you get a lot of cool perks for that. You know each month I'm choosing a random uh, patron to to come on for a live stream and, and then there's all sorts of other things you get a there, there's there's our own little forum over there. There's our uh, uh, you you can help contribute to content all those things. But but certainly don't feel obligated to do that right. Um, I'm just happy to have you guys here in the first place, honestly. It, that's just kind of something you can do to go above and beyond if you really enjoy my content. But, but as always, I'm happy to have you guys here in the first place. So thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, and God bless.